guys, welcome to another episode of the Genesis Podcast. We have a special one for you today. Special guest straight from... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But now we, we have a special guest. Um, but before we get into that, just want to let you guys know and please remember that we have our podcast now on YouTube. So please subscribe to YouTube. Go on YouTube. Like our page. Uh you know, turn on your notification bell so that you know when we drop our episodes. Um, and also, if you don't know already, which you should, we have our podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Man, we're out there, man. So if you want to go back and listen to our previous episodes, f- please feel free to do so. But without further ado, let's introduce our guest for the day, Randy. Hey. Let's go. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? We're here. We're here. It's good to be here, you know. I'm a big fan of this show, so when you guys invited me, I was excited to come on and share, you know. Yeah, praise God, man. That's that's great to hear. Isn't that exciting to hear that, yo, like, like people are a fan of what you what you started? <laughs> I think it's, it's exciting because um, definitely you're the second guest on the show. First yeah. Us, yeah, uh, we had uh, Brother Jordan. We did an episode on Brother's Keeper. Go back, listen to the episode, Brother's Keeper. You can hear that um on our on our spotify on our page and everything like that but having you here being the second guest on the show definitely excited about that and about your testimony so it's gonna be very very good yeah yeah and i I just want to kind of jump right into that uh want to waste no more time because i'm excited man um so randy you like we we know your story like we know uh you know how how things have gone for you and how you came to Christ and, and, and all of that. But I just want to kind of like, like break it down bit by bit. I just have a couple questions. So uh, my first question for you would be, um, you grew up in an uh, area called, known as uh, Trethaway. Yeah. You know, Chichuit. Church, for sure. Church. Right. How much would you say that impacted, impacted you as a young man growing up in that, in, in that area? Um, I would say it was all the impact, everything, you know, growing up there in Metro housing, it all started there. It all started there because growing up as a kid, you know, it's not like you're born into like becoming those kind of things. You know what I mean? Like Hitler didn't come out the womb like that, you know, like, so it's like the influence of there is where everything started, you know, like smoking, drinking, friends, making right. friends, and, you know, there's good memories, too, but, like, I would say it's, like, it was, it was, it was everything. It impacted me. Mm-hmm. I believe if I grew up somewhere else, maybe it would be different, you know? And when I mean somewhere else, somewhere that, that's not similar, you know, you know the saying, they say every hood's the same, right? Right. So somewhere that's not similar, mm-hmm. it would be different. So I would say that it impacted me a lot, like, every which way, right? you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about I think about that and you said you, you, you made a comment, you said like, you know, uh there are some moments where, you know, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I think about like when you're when you're a kid, right, you could you could see people doing stuff and I, I guess that's how it was was for you, like l- looking at a lot of the older guys yeah. right, doing doing certain activities. Right, you could see them doing stuff, and you're like, "Man, yo, that that that's fun, mm-hmm. right?" And that becomes your normal. That becomes that becomes what you look up to. That be, that becomes what you want to do or what you want to pursue, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't have a strong male, you know, foundation 
in your life, right? That that takes you that like seeing those guys do doing that or living like that will be your example and it will be your reason, you know, for living or your reason for, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to pursue that life. So would you say would you say that 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 was the case for you? Like w- did you have like a solid like father in your life throughout your life? Um, yeah, I would say that's definitely the case because my father wasn't there, right? He left early. My mom and him broke up early, mm. and we didn't have the best relationship. He wasn't a good father. But I realized years later what he went through. That's what made me understand where I could forgive him, wow. Why? what happened with him, right? But I would say that's exactly what it is because when my dad, he disappeared, and for like 12 years I didn't see him, mm. right? And that's where it started, and it was the rejection started from that too. So now I'm going outside, and my friends, they all, their house looks like mine. Right. It's just me, my sibling, my mom, and their house looks like mine. Right. Right? And now the older guys are out there, you know, you see them. They're doing things. Everyone respects them. Right. Everyone's like, hey, how you doing? It's like, it's like, it's like they're stars, you know? And that's what I was looking towards now. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's what happens to a lot of the young black men like that. The father figure is not strong. When it's not strong, the foundation of your mentor and your father figure, mm-hmm. you'll fall easily into that because right. you're going out there to look for it. Yeah. And I'm looking around, and I see the older guys. They're selling drugs. You right. know, I remember times like I'm going home from school, and they're putting stuff in my bag saying, yo, bring it up here. You know? I'm, feeling, I'm excited. I'm feeling cool. Like, yeah, they, you know? Right. They rate me. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would definitely say, yeah. Wow. You know, that's, ah, man, that's like, you think about, like, what you just said, that's like, you see that stuff in movies. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, one thing that kind of shocks me is just, um, like, you saying that you grew up really without your father, so in the household it was just your mom. And how, what would you say, like, your mom, in terms of her role, how is her role in your life in terms of your household and maybe how that maybe shaped your life growing up? My mom is, um, I honestly say my mom's my hero, you know? She worked hard. She left my dad, he was cheating, you know? She wasn't taking it anymore. She left, took us, worked hard, very hard, right? But the thing is, and she did the best she could, right? But she's working a lot, so she's not really there. When she's there, she's checking on my homework. She's being the best mom she could be. Prayer, you know. When I started getting into trouble, she was, like, forcing me to come to church. She didn't know what to do with me, right? And my older brother, he was, like, the, I guess the best father figure I had, right? He's four years older than me. But he, him, too, he's growing up. So he can only do the best that he could do, right? And work, like, took my mom away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much she can do, yeah. right? They say that it takes a village to raise a child, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my mom, it was a, her, her role in my life is like a lot of the positive characteristics and even knowing God and um, coming to Christ, a lot of it stems from her, mm. you know? Right. But like I said, she's only so much she could do, you know? She was working like crazy. Yeah. You know, Randy, I, I can tell you like for myself, um, I could definitely, you know, 
advocate for what, for, for what you're saying about, you know, having, you know, a father in, in, in the picture really helps a lot because gr when I was growing up as, as a teen, man, I'm telling you, bro, like I was, I was never, you know, a thug, I was never really that type of guy, but there was one point in my life where I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to transition into this. Mm. But one thing that's always stopped me from doing it was the fear of my dad finding out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's a big, burly guy. Man. Yeah, He's, yeah. <laughs> like if, 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 you want, if you want a, uh, a comparison of a human silverback, my dad is a human silverback. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, yo, listen, I'm going to stay out of this life because mm -hmm. I know if he, if he finds out, you know, like it's going to be problems. Right? And that, you know, I, 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 I love him for that, right? Because, you know, he did that because he loved me. And he, I, I, and I understood that, yo, if I, if I were to live like this, right, it would have been, it would have been a huge, huge problem. And because of that, right, I never, you know, ended up being, being like that. So I could definitely advocate for what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Sin has a trajectory. Sin has a starting point in terms of, you know, um, and, 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 and it, it's endless. It just keeps going and it keeps going if you do not stop it at its root, right? Mm -hmm. And so where would you say um, was that starting point where you started realizing, okay, like, yeah, I'm getting into a lot of trouble. What was the, the, the uh, kick, kicking point? That's a good question. I would say, um, like, around grade seven. Because before when we were younger, you know, you go to the store, you steal from the store. There's the dollar right. drain down the street, steal from there. But they really didn't, because all my friends were doing it, right? It really didn't settle in. I remember one time, like, in middle school, you know, when you go out for lunch? We would go out for lunch, and we went to the Walmart. And I think we, I forgot, we stole something, a bike or something, you know. And the hall monitor, the, the guy that's... um. I forgot, they're like, they dress plain and watch to see people steal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he caught one of us, right? And the police got involved. But we didn't get charged, but the police brought us back to the school. And I think I was like 12 or 13, and mm -hmm. they had to call. You know, you have to inform your parents, yes. right? So I remember my mom's there, and she's there, and she has her head down. She has to come from work, and she's just, like, sad. And my teacher was like, look what you're doing to your mother, you know? I didn't even care about the cops or whatever. I just like what I, what I, how I seen how my mom looked. And I think that's where I realized, that's where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get, you know, it's starting to get more and more serious, right? Yeah. From that moment, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Because you've seen that, you've seen that it was an effect just on your life, but mm -hmm. on your yes. family's life. Yes. You know, going into that life, you, you understand that you're not in this by yourself no more. Mm -hmm. You're also pulling people in it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So in that sense, like, having an older brother as a role model, like, was your older brother involved in the same lifestyle that you were like? Oh, you see, my older brother, he never took part in that. And he told me the reason why, because I was, like, already going that path. He knew it would destroy my mother. So that kept him away. He could have easily went down that path. But that kept him away. And that's what in... Um, that's what um, encouraged him to um, reach out to me and step in that role, mm. you know? Because he's seen what it was doing to my mom, and he knew if he went down that path too, it would destroy her, both of us, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Involving in that life, I realized that we have a choice, you know? Mm -hmm. We have a choice. We never really fall victim to a system. Mm -hmm. You know, as 
we are in Canada, the society, Toronto. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of opportunities, not like the States or anywhere else in the world. We have the opportunity to choose and, and like make choices for our future, reroute and choose to be a tradesman, choose to be a lawyer. De doesn't matter depending on the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. But one thing I realize is the hood. The hood mm -hmm. mentality and like the OGs, the influence, mm -hmm. the the discipleship that's he, in the hood. Yes, yes. It's like yeah. it's a real discipleship. Real discipleship. Right. Yeah. Like when you're in a lot of people don't realize it's like I always say this, if police ever come to the hood and they take the same step as the older heads that we look up to take, you know, and lawyers or doctors, all those other influential people inf insert themselves into the hood and become those older heads for us, the hood will be totally different. Mm. I agree. Because growing up, how was that the influence for you guys? Oh, it was crazy. It was everything. Like I, like I said earlier, like they used to come, yo, come here, come here, youngin, go to the store for me or put something in my bag. And yeah. I felt like I, I felt like I made it. I'm like, yeah, man. They right. chose me to put something in right. my bag. Exactly. And they influenced. Yeah. And you're looking up to that, right? Mm. Yeah. So I'm just imagining, like, our culture could totally change, but mm. it's because we have these, this, it's a generational effect. Yes. Yeah. Effects. Yes. Because yeah. these guys are how you're selling drugs. Okay. These are the people we see. Mm -hmm. These are the people we want to be. It's not that we don't know no better, but this is who is in front of us. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I... I I'm wondering, Randy, like, while, okay, so let's, let's, let's recap, right? So, you know, you, you start hanging out on the streets, right? They start giving you stuff, putting your bag, right? So now, you know, you're growing up. So now, now you become like, you become known, like you're the man, you know, on mm -hmm. the streets and stuff like that, right? So was there ever a point where you're like, yo, yo, let me, let me stop doing this? Um... Yeah, I, I was a couple times, a couple times. But you know, the thing is, right, I would, I would, I would get like that when I go to jail. Right. I said, Lord, help me. I'm done. I don't want to do this no more. Then when I come out, it's like I forget all about that, mm. you know. I can remember a couple times this guy getting arrested. But when I was younger, though, when I was getting arrested, like 14, 13, you know, in the beginning, mm -hmm. I never felt like that at all. Mm. I just never felt like that. Now I'm feeling like this is the life I chose, like. Melo said, you right. know, it's choices. I realized that. Was it the power that was hard to let go at that time? Do you think, like, because, like, hoodmans have a certain, you know, power about them, right? Like, when, yeah. when, when you see them, right, it's like, yo, 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 give me that, yo. Mm -hmm. Yo, yeah. who you talking to? Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They have this power. They have this authority, right? And I know for some guys, like, it's, it's, it's hard for them to, to let that go. Like, they might feel like, like if you really sit them down and ask them, like, yo, do you want to? Don't you want to change your life? They're like, yeah, I do want to change my life. Yeah. But do they necessarily want to let go of that power, that mm. fear? No, they don't, right? W would you say, like, that, that was the same for you? I would say, like, for me personally, I realized, and I realized for a lot of people growing up like that, the insecurities. Mm. The hood man, right? The, every one of them are insecure. Yes. You think about it. You step on a guy's shoe. And he's like, yo, you just stepped on my shoe? And he's willing to blow your head off for that? Right, right, right. And his friends are going to be like, you're going to take that? The insecurities kick in. So my father not being there and the rejection from him, because he's not only him not being there, like how he would talk about me. He, were, he wouldn't even refer to me as even my name. Mm -hmm. He referred to me as stupid boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then he just disappeared, right? So that rejection from there now, 
So now when I'm doing these things now, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy's serious, and, and, and you know, he's not, you know? So that, that feeling, like the power or whatever, but it stemmed from the insecurities and right. the rejection from my father. Yeah. So I believe, like, it's a lot of insecure m the men growing up without their father mm -hmm. and whatever, like, things and trials they've been through that plays a role in it. So now when they get the respect and power, they never had that before. They want it, so you they hold it. on to right. it. Yeah. Right. Um, I actually want to ask you two things. One being knowing that, okay, going down that path, definitely there is a, there is an effect on your, on your mental health. There's an effect mentally. So how did, um, mental health or your mental health play in a factor in that? And also, um, when it comes to diving into that type of action and getting into that type of trouble, um, where was that point where you said, okay, man, I'm, I'm in too deep. Mm. Um, it definitely affects your mental. It definitely, because I realized that, you know, like I suffered from PTSD, you know? Like if I hear a loud balloon pop, I'm going to flinch. Sure. There's times I'll hear something drop, like a loud sound. I'll pull out my, you know, my gun, right? And I would say where I realized where it got too serious, because, you know, when you're with your friends, you're stealing cars, you know, robbing people. This is my neighborhood. Ratings, right? And you're doing whatever, you know, doing dirt, right? But it got serious when people started getting shot. Mm. People started dying. Now it's, not, now it's not no more like I'm doing insecurities and the power. Now it's like, this is life or death now. Yeah. Now I'm in way too deep. Now you have, you made enemies and now people are coming looking for you. Now your life is at stake. Right. Now you watch your friends getting murdered. You're going to show up at their funerals. You, right. you, people are getting shot all around you. So now it goes deeper than that now. Hmm. And I feel that's where like the enemy comes in and just puts in your mind that like, yeah, I'm in this and that. I feel that's where like the heart starts to harden. You know what I mean? Because before you're with your friend every day and you guys are doing bad things together, right? Which what goes around comes around. Then he dies. You're in pain, you're hurt, yeah. you know? You're angry. That's when I realized it got too deep. When people started getting shot and people started dying, that's when I was like, whoa, what did I get myself into, you know? And then I had the mentality as like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. We had, used to have a saying growing up, till the casket drops. Yeah. So ignorant. <laughs> I thank God he pulled me out of that. Amen. Amen. Um, wow. You know, <clears throat> it's kind of, it, it, it's tough to look around and see like hearing hearing your story, hearing you you know share how things were, and you know how insecure um, most most hood mans are, and you know the the pain that that you dealt with, and pain that many guys have dealt with watching your friends get killed and all of these things. So it's it's very hard to still see people so clinged and so loyal to the set or loyal to, 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 the, to the life. Uh, and what do you think needs to change or what do you think needs to take place in those individuals' lives? Or what do you think they need to see for them to realize that, hey, you know what, this is not the route to go. This is not the way to go. There's a better way. What, what, do, they, what do they need to see? 
Well, I believe they need to see that they need to see that there's a better way. You know? They need to really see that. You know? I have a friend, you know, he's in jail right now. He always used to say, get it how you live. Mm. But how you're living is not right. There's a better way to get it how you live. Yes. Right? And that's where, for me, it's Christ. Because after going through all that, I know there's a God, right? Yeah. I'm here, yeah. The reason I'm here alive today is because of the Christ. Yes. Right? So they need to see that, like, there's other ways to make money. There's other ways you can live your life. And I like what Melo said, where, like, if lawyers and, you know, the doctors would be invest in the hood and come talk to the kids. They have programs, right, for kids and stuff. But it's like, okay, after that program's done, there's all this time on their right. hands. Like, if they have people that are constantly coming, consistently reaching out to the youth, consistently bringing them to church, consistently showing them a different life, yeah. you know? I believe I always, the statistics will change. I, yeah. I, that's a good point. I liked when he said that. I always tell my wife, too, like, if the hood had no violence, I would live in the hood. Mm-hmm. That's my culture. Yeah. I yeah. love that culture. I love, I love, like, a black... It's not necessarily black culture, but I just... Love that culture, being around people, getting up outside. The hood is fun. You know what I mean? It's fun, but it's when those, the night time comes, you know, when something's about to happen. You know, Mazda's saying, yo, everybody, go inside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a time in the hood where you know you, you can't be outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But I say all the time, if the hood had no violence, no foolishness, no, no dealings, no buckets, no crackheads come through, right. I'll live right there. That's, that culture is live. It's vibrant. Mm. You're playing yep. basketball. Yep. You're having barbecues kids and everybody just yeah. having fun right you know what i mean you, like pa- like pastor says he was talking about him not having a phone just go outside yep you know yeah. he's an older guy than us but you never had the text yo where's every man at you know you just walk outside and you know everybody's there mm-hmm. that's how the hood is you know yeah. you just walk outside everybody's there chilling and i think vibing. that's that's another thing too right like the hood life is so appealing yes yes right there's not one person that like, looks at it and doesn't say, yo, that kind of looks good, you know? Yeah. Like, look at all, look at, okay, most, most white guys that live in the suburbs, right? They listen, who are they listening to? Yep, <laughs> the gangster rappers, you know, yeah. the 50 cents, the Tupacs, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're bu- I, I said this to, to these guys the other day, we're having a podcast, and I'm like, yo, sometimes I go to these, these, these houses, I'm working on their alarm system, and the, you see some of these kids, fam, they, they look like they, they lived on Gene and Finch their whole life, <laughs> you know? And it's, I'm like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The influence, <laughs> the right? Influence, the influence, yeah. yeah. The influence, yeah. Like, once, we get respect, once you get respect from an OG or, like, somebody that's, like, in the hood, yeah. like... It's like, they know what they're doing. All the men know what they're doing. You know, like, yo, it's going to be my young boy right there. He's going right. to be doing my thing for me. You know what I mean? Right. And he, and he gets, he, he hones in on you. People don't know. Yeah. Like, it's purposeful. It's real discipleship. Yes, man. real discipleship. Real discipleship. I remember man's like, yo, you hold this down for me. Man's giving me the strap. Man's coming. Yo, you guys are out here all dolo, nothing. Who was naked? You guys are naked, bro. Meaning that you, don't, you guys are out in the hood. And you guys don't have a gun on right. you. Mm-hmm. Like, who wants to hold it down? And you know? The first man is, yo, give me that, give me that. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Then he's like, okay, this guy, you know, you'll do some stuff for me. You know what I mean? Mm. It's manipulation at the same time. Right. It is. You know, but it's real discipleship. It's real taking that young boy, on the young kid under your wing and molding him and shaping him. Just what I'm yeah. saying, if people were supposed to insert, I understand the fear of them being there 24-7 that something could happen to them and like why they taking time out of their personal time, you know? Right. It all starts in the home. That's what everybody's thing is. It all starts in the right. home. Yeah. Right? 
But I understand the lack of why that exampleship is there, but if that initiative was taken, you know what I mean? The, the hood would be a better place. Yeah. Yeah. So while you're, you know, you're living in this environment and you're growing up and, and you're encountering all these things and all this is happening, were there instances where you knew, you knew God was reaching out to you? Can you speak to some of those, interest, those uh, situations? Um, yeah, many. I was thinking back, like friends. Like I remember one time I was like, came out of jail and the cops came and I wasn't supposed to be in the hood. It was part of my mm-hmm. parole when I got out from parole. It's part of the conditions because they had me labeled as this member of this gang from this area. So mm-hmm. you can't, you know. So they came and I took off, right? Because most of the cops, they, they know you, right? They see yeah. you grow up. So I took off. So I'm running for the cops and then... My friend was driving, um, you know, he was driving. And I, I, this is the first time I've seen him in three years. I just did three years, right? right. So I jump in, I run. I'm like, yo, he looks at me. And I, he rolled his window down. I opened his door and jumped in his car, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, brother? Yo, you give me a ride down over there. And I'm sweating, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you give me a ride over there? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, you know? And we're driving, and he was uh, preaching to me, you know? I can remember that vividly. He was preaching to me. I remember hearing, hearing what he was saying, and I'm like, yeah, he's making sense, you know, but it was in this year and not the other. I'm more looking through the rear view, making sure that, you know, they're not coming, they're not, they didn't see me run in his car or something. Yeah. And I remember him giving me um, a flyer for a, a Christian rap concert, mm-hmm. you know, and then he drove off. As soon as he drove off, and then I threw it in the garbage, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This has been great, man. This has been great. But you know what? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to reset. We're going to revive, and we're going to get right back into the interview. So please, guys, don't go nowhere. We'll be right, right back. Hey, guys, before we continue, I just want to give a shout out to Anchor. Anchor is a platform that we use to distribute all of our podcast episodes. Anchor is completely free and such a huge help for us in getting our podcast out to you guys. I know many of you have thought about starting your own podcast, and as a cast, we definitely recommend Anchor. So get on that platform and start creating. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I just want to let you guys know that the Genesis cast is now on YouTube. So go on YouTube and type in the Genesis cast and catch all of our episodes there. Stay tuned for upcoming videos of our podcast and other related Genesis cast content. Make sure to subscribe to our page, hit that like button and share our content. Take care, guys. All right, guys, we're back here. We got Randy again. We're going to continue this episode i hope you guys are enjoying it but let's continue man randy let's let's get back into it man this is so exciting bro <laughs> for sure for <laughs> sure i'm loving it i'm loving it remember i remember growing up right i remember people i remember those illuminati videos and people saying mm-hmm. oh rap music rap music this rap music that that's influencing the culture but how big i remember for me i know for me like d block styles b yep bro we used to smoke blunts and lock in dark rooms of smoking before Maz ride out, yeah, you know, they yeah. play style speed. Yeah. I know for one guy, he was like, yo, before he does anything, he usually listens to rap music. Mm-hmm. They freak, like, how big of an influence was rap music to your life? Rap music is uh, the enemy's tool. Like, it was a very big influence. Like, what you just explained, I remember me and my friends doing the same thing. D-Block, Mob Deep. I'm watching their videos. I'm like, these guys dress like me. And I'm seeing they're behind buildings. They live in buildings just like me, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm like, these guys made it out the hood. I'm like, that could be me. That's why I started picking up rap from a young age, because of watching these guys. 
and listening to the songs and listening to their stories. So now when I used to listen to their stories and like, I'm like, they actually live the life. Not all rappers. A lot of them is cap. It's a lot of cap. <laughs> but you know what I mean? A lot of cap. They're fronting. They've never been through none of that. But right. certain rappers like D-Block and Mob Deep, I'm watching them because you know they live the life, right? So now I'm on a rap and now I'm like, you know, I got to do things, you know? To say that I live it too. Right. You know? In the beginning, that's the mind state, right? Right. And like I said before, until people got shot, now it's like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely everything. It's, it's very interesting, yeah. man. Music really, really turns you into a puppet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The music you listen to will turn you into, into what, you're, what you're listening to. So if you're listening to that, you know, gangster, thug life stuff, right? Obviously, some people listen to that and they, you know, yeah. they never become yeah. that. But yeah. most people that <laughs> listen to that, it changes them. It does yeah. change how the way they talk. It changes the way they dress, right? It changes their, their, the way they look at life. They want to be something that, you know, clearly they're, they're, they're not. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, so. I hate rap music now, now that I'm safe. Because mm -hmm. I know the influence it had on me. Yeah. Right. And, you know? Yeah. Music I, is an anthem to your life. You yeah. Know what I mean? It's an yeah. anthem. I remember guys doing, like, like I said, I remember one guy saying he was like, he's popping pills and just like listening to rap music just before he goes and does something like you go ride out or yep. go rob someone just yep. because it numbs his pain. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. crazy, man. It's interesting where they where they got the 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 phrase drill music from. Mm, yeah, drill music like before you went to go do a drill, yeah. right? You. That's the music they listen to. That's why they call it drill music. Yeah. Right? That's you're the, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before you go and like shoot up, shoot up a block, yeah, you're Chicago, listening right? to that to get yeah. your blood pumping, to get, your, to get you going like, yo, I'm ready to do this. Because mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the influence of Chicago. That's yeah. the drill. Drill. Explain drill. it better. Drill. Chicago, you know the most violent. Yeah. Shy rat, they call it. It's the most violent place in America. Yeah. I don't know how it is today, but it was at one point because... They had more deaths in gangs mm -hmm. yep, yep. than Iraq, yeah. you know? So drilling is like shooting up someone, going to go hit, you know what I mean? Go hit up the next block. Yeah. How do you look at Christian rap music? Um, I, don't, I, like, I, I like a little bit of it. Like, I've been saved for a year and a half now, so I don't really know a lot. I like a little bit of it, but some I feel like they're trying to put that gangster into it. Like, I don't really like, but I like a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Not all of it, though. I'll right. be honest. You know, it, some of it reminds me of, right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like I heard a song yeah, the other day and I was like, turn this off. No, that's 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 fair, because some some Christian rappers, they they they're trying to get as close to the world. Mm. Right. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, yeah. give you some of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. To get accepted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. They want to get accepted exactly. by both. Yeah. Yep. And the problem is you're not going to get accepted by both. No. Yeah. It never works out like that. The Bible says you can't serve two masters, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Now, you know, you mentioned getting you know, in trouble and how that ex escalated and you going to jail. So while you were in jail, did you have any, uh, was there anything in terms of, you know, someone preaching to you, anyone telling you about Christ in jail, like, and even speak to how that culture is like how is that oh. even the environment is before you even get into that question no in um what you mean in the jail environment right yes yeah yeah well jail it's like it's like its own world eh? when you go in there it's like 
it's it's like a a totally different environment you know you have the inmates and you have the guards and then they have rules that the guards will give you and then you have inmate the rules that the inmates give you mm. you know i remember like if you come in they'll be like yo first thing you do you new guys go read the rules and they have some rules that the inmates you know what i'm talking about like they have the rules that says the inmate rules like don't do this don't do that morning time be quiet catch a slap if you're loud you know what i mean um, yeah, don't be whistling. Don't be whistling. Yeah, it traumatized me. The other day I heard someone whistle in the church. I was like, what the? You know, I had to look twice, you know? I like, but no whistling, you know? I see it because you see what happens. I've seen people whistle and then after they're getting slapped a, a hundred yeah, yeah. defos. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Flush the toilet in the morning. Flush the toilet before you went to court in the morning? Mm -hmm. It was loud, you know, loud. Don't flush the toilet before you go to court because toilet in the jail is loud and it just yeah. wakes up everybody. 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 Wow, wow. Need some cash plumbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need cash plumbing. Come fix yeah, that up real quick. Fix that up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know, but like things like that, you know, so you, uh, you learn very quickly, you know what I mean? Because it's not a loving, uh, teachable, you know. You got to have a real teachable spirit there. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it's think hard, about it. Like, you're in the streets yeah. and you have this reputation that you're trying to uphold. Mm -hmm. Okay, but now everybody's trying to still do the same thing while yeah. you're in max penitentiary, in jail, yeah. whatever, right? Nobody's trying to be that soft guy, right. you know, right there in, in right. the prison, in the jail. So, you know, you have that mentality still, right? And so even speak to that, you know, and, and how that Yeah, that like, that you know. Works. That's the that that's what that's like the main thing when you're in there, especially if you're a hood man, right? Or, you know, your respect is everything. So you be taught even before I was going to jail, like the old heads, you're taught that you don't take any punk off or whatever, right? So you fight. You don't take anything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If somebody says anything to you, you gotta fight. You know what I mean? I remember being coming in and then I'm on the the unit and there's people from different neighborhoods that we're having war with, you know. And they're saying, you're going to get you and all that. And I remember, like, I can't leave, right? You know, crack, can't crack. Because then if I leave or whatever, I go back to the hood and they hear, yo, that's how you held, held yourself in there? What's wrong with you? You know, you respect everything. So I had to stay there. I got jumped. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very mm. ignorant. But, like, it's the respect is everything, mm. you know? Right. I've seen people get stabbed up bad in prison for minor things, but because of the respect, it just escalated. It didn't even have to go that far. Right. Now the guy's on a stretcher. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just going, he's leaving, you know? It's, it's everything, it's everything. Wow. And how did you, um, so you're, you're going to jail, coming back, it's a cycle. Jail, streets, jail, streets, right? And where was that, in, where was that encounter in terms of, you know, I'm trying to transition here in terms of how you even met Christ. Right. And, and did you reach out to anything else like to try, try to find something more before even meeting Christ? Yeah, um, I would say like I was in jail, like how I finally met Christ was like when I was on house arrest at my home. But before that, before I get into that, like I was in jail one time and like, you know, Islam is um, very heavily in jails, you know, around Canada. And I got into Islam, like, you know, because I guess I got I one, one of the times, the last time I went to jail, the one before that time, that's when I was starting to get real tired of it. But I, I knew I was in bondage, but I didn't know how to get out. So now I'm hearing them sing the, you know, the Adan. I'm like, that sounds nice. Then I started getting into that, you know. I remember calling my mom and she's like, okay, oh, when you die, 
tell Jesus why you did that. You know, <laughs> my mom's African, right? So, you know, and I think she prayed about that. She put an end to it because after when I got out, yeah. I just went back to my old ways and I stopped praying, stopped going to mosque and that was just it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the first thing, like I, the Islam influence in the jails there, right? But I would say like when I um, transitioned was the last time I was in jail, then I realized I'm not the young, the young guy anymore. There's people younger than me, you know? And I got to the point like this, I'm tired of the cycle. Yeah. I was tired of the cycle, you know? So when I got out, then I started praying with my mom, you know? But I was still, it took a, it took a process because I was on house rush for three years. But that year and a half, I came out to now more same cycle, hood politics, shootouts, all the selling drugs. But then I slowly started to stop doing things because I'm like, I'm tired of this bondage, but okay, I got to make some effort here. So I said, I'm not going to sell drugs no more. I don't care. I was broke, you know? My friends are like, what are you doing? This guy's going through a phase. I said, I don't care. I can get money somewhere, you know? Stop doing that. Stop smoking. Stop drinking, you know? Started praying with my mom, but I wasn't telling my friends what was really going on. I stopped hanging around as much. And to be honest, I feel like it was the Holy Spirit because I don't even know why I just said I'm just done. Like things I just stopped doing, you know what I mean? And I was in a relationship, and, and then I started to hear God clearly, you know. I started to hear him clearly. Like, like I said, when I gave my testimony, I was turning around, like, who said that to me, you know. And they're saying, like, tell your friends. So I would tell them. Then I started preaching to them, you know. Then they said, end your relationship. Then I ended, ended the relationship. I knew I had to. God was telling me so many signs months before, but that was the most difficult thing, you know, because I knew I had to, like, you know, the Bible says you can't be unevenly yoked with an unbeliever, right? And I know where she was headed. I know where I was headed. So I ended that. And I was praying with my mom, me and my mom. That's why I say my mom's my hero. Like, she was there with me. I'm on house church. It's her teaching me a little scripture, teaching me what she knows, right? And I used to pray to God. I'm like, I want the gift of tongues, you know? And I prayed for months. It didn't come. But when I heard God's voice and I was being obedient, that's when it came. Sitting in my couch after I ended the relationship and told my friends about Jesus, they should give their life to Jesus too. And I'm, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm done with everything. Then I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in my living room, 11.30 in the night. Mm. Started flowing from my stomach. And that's when I realized, you know, obedience, you know, you get rewarded. I would say that's in my house is where it wasn't really jail, but in my house on the house arrest, that's where I encountered Jesus Christ. Like, wow personally like knowing him you know yeah you mentioned your mom and you mentioned also that your mom was always praying for you always interceding right she would have prayer meetings at church and you know she'd be praying for you you said you would come home at times you know with you know after doing some activities and your mom would be praying for you yep yep and that's powerful because now you're sitting here and you can say that you're 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 your answer to that prayer yes right like that a part of you being here is because your mom interceded for you and and prayed for you and and you know and through those prayers you know you're here today Mm -hmm. and i think i honestly i i really really believe right the reason why right that you you love (laughs) to pray you love to be in the presence of god is solely because of your mom's prayers yes Yes, I totally agree. I, I feel like my, the encounters that I was having is because of my mom's intercession. You right. Know? 
Like I get my mom used to always say that like the way I used to pray your name heaven is like yeah we got to take this guy <laughs> cuz she used to go hard. Right. Like I'm like I've, I remember leaving the house a gun on my waist and I'm hearing her in the room worship music. Yeah. My the devil will never take Randy. He will live and proclaim the works of the Lord. He right. Jesus take him for your glory. You know, and I used to be like, what is this woman doing, you know? Right. I used to, th- I, w- I wouldn't think nothing of it, right? But here I am today. She never stopped. People used to say, he's a lost cause. Mm. Show him tough love. Mm. She never stopped. She didn't, want, she didn't want to believe. She said, nope, not my son. Mm. I don't care what you guys say. Mm. You know, I believe the word of God. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. How, 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 how does your mom, you know, how does your mom see you now, like, Oh, she she loves it. She's so happy. Yeah. And like when I go out now or whatever, there's no worry or nothing, you know. And she sees me going to church, getting involved in church. It's like it's an answered prayer, you know. So it's like the weight of the world's off her shoulders, you know. Yeah. And my brother jokes. He's like, "Yo, uh, Randy took over." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom would be like, "I don't know what you talk about. I'm still the queen here." You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, that's, funny. that's funny. I love that. That's what we can joke about now because before right. it was some dark times. Yeah. Yes. You know, glory be to God. Yes, yes. Yeah. How do you be, okay, how do you, you know, stay in house arrest and you're, in, you're at home, that's where you met Christ and you're, and you're crying out to God and you're growing, like you're actually seeing fruit. But how do you now ex- express the importance of community? And, you know, a lot of people think that, they can serve God without community, mm-hmm. but you you were hungry for community. Oh, yes. So how do you speak to that? Yes, that's very important because when I was in my house for a year and a half, yes, I was growing, praying, um, fasting, right? There was, I went on Clubhouse. There was an app called Clubhouse, and I met some people there, different parts of the world, who come together, pray, read the word of God. But I remember when we're signing offline, they're like, I got to go do this with my church. I'm going to do this one. And I'm like, I didn't have a church, you know. Mm. And I used to watch sermons. This, I, yeah, Holy Spirit's the, you're the teacher. And, but I would desire that. I know I needed to be in a church where I can grow because there's only so much I could grow isolated, right? Yeah. And I was hungry for that. I used to pray. It was a prayer. Coming to this church is a prayer, yeah. you know. But I know the, why God did the things he did because if I came here earlier, I know I would have came out on house arrest. I wouldn't have told nobody. I would be up in here saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and not saying nothing to nobody, right? Could end up getting caught up, right? Mm. So God waited until I was done with everything and then answered that prayer. And community is very important. Like, you can't grow by yourself, man. Yes. yes you can't. Yes. You need people to hold you accountable. Yes. Like, having conversations like this is edifying. Right. You know what I mean? There's only so much you could do in isolation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And God, he wants that, you know? The Bible, Jesus told Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right? Church is unified. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would say that's, like, very important. Like, you can't... I've seen Christians that are already like, ah, I don't need church, and uh, just my relationship with God. But, yeah, they're living a sinful life. Yes. Whose relationship are you really with? Right. Where you're right. lying to yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they don't want to go that extra step, and they don't want to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And growing is change, right? Yes. A lot of people don't like change. Yeah. So, you, Kojo knocks on your door, mm-hmm. right? He invites you out to church. You come to church, right? Before you come to church, you go and you go on the website. You're like, oh, Pastor Gary, I know this guy. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah. So now you're in church. Like, tell me, like, how, like, how excited were you to finally be um, amongst believers and and have like familiar faces, right? That you can share that experience with. Oh, it was amazing. Like I always say, I still say it now that I feel like a kid at a candy store. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's awesome. This is why I'm like, I just feel so free. You know, like Nella was saying, like, the, the, I have the joy of the Lord on me, right? But that's how I feel, right? You know, I know it's the Holy Spirit, but it's like I know where I came from. I know how far gone I was. So to be here is a miracle. And to right. just be in the presence of the Lord and to be in a church where you're serious about the word of God and serious about evangelizing and advancing the kingdom of heaven. This is an answered prayer. Yes. So every time I come here, I'm happy. Whatever I could do to advance the kingdom of God, yes. I want to be a part of that. Because yeah. Jesus became real to me. And what he did, the impact of that became real to me, right? So, like, whenever I'm in church, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like I'm at Disney World or, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. that's the, the type of excitement that I have, right? Yeah. yeah. You basically, you know, you're online. You're searching uh, through churches, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. right? and you land upon our church. So why, why, why'd you stop here? Was it because you kind of, you know, because you didn't, you didn't really know much about our church. Mm-hmm. So was it that you knew people that were in the church and, and you had similar relationship with? Like, where, where did that stop? Why land on Proclaim? Um, I would say Proclaim because, like, like, like Jason said, Pastor Gary, I, I know him. I remember him. He used to come to my neighborhood 15 years ago and preach. He came consistently. What he was doing is what the lawyers of that idea, they should be doing that. He was invested mm. constantly, yeah. constantly. He didn't care if people swear at him. He would come and not only preach like he's hanging amongst, playing basketball, like he's really building a relationship with people. And God used him. Like half of us got saved through him and half of us went that way. I was the ones that went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him, I said, this man, I know he's about his business when it comes to the Lord, right? And then I saw Richie, like Richie's testimony. I grew up with Richie. I've known him forever, right? And I know that this is a good friend of mine even when I was in the world. So I, that, seeing that got me excited. And then I saw uh, Pastor Shamar on a roundtable talk, mm-hmm. talking. And I'm like, that's one of my best friends yeah. from since grade one, you know? So, and I knew he was a pastor, right? So I saw that and I, I reached out to him and he was so excited. Then he's like, you remember Pastor Gary? I'm like, yeah. He's like, go over there, you know? You'll be good over there. So hit, taking his advice as well, that's what gave me the confidence in seeing people that I knew. Yeah. That Proclaim is where I need to be. You see, Proclaim's man, the best church. <laughs> man, Hallelujah. I, I love that, man. I love it because... People think, and Christians, Christians need to listen to this. Christians need, need to, you know, turn their ears on and listen to this. Like, you think what you're doing doesn't matter. You think the little that you do at times doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The, little, the little hour that you take after work, right, you want to go outreach, you think it doesn't matter, right, because the person takes your flyer and says, oh, I don't want to hear it. You never know, you never know what will happen to that person at the end of the day, mm. right? I think about this all the time, right? Um, when we get to heaven, there are going to be people there that are going to say, thank you. Yes. Thank you yes. for giving me that fly. Thank you for taking time and talking to me. Thank you for taking, taking time and knocking on my door. Because through, through your evangelism, through your sacrifice, right, it led me to being here today 
right? The reason that I'm saved today, it took many people, <laughs> yes, <laughs> many yes. people <laughs> to, true. to drop the seed into my heart. I remember, I remember um, there was a concert happening um, in Etobicoke at the time, and it was uh, Kidru and Shamar, right? It was, they, they walked up to me and my friend after a basketball tournament, and they gave us, they gave us a flyer to come, right? I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. We didn't go, though, but I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice, right? And then a couple, couple months later, I, met, I meet Femi at Albion Mall. Mm-hmm. He's coming from school, and he witnesses to me and my friend. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice. He invites us out to church, but we don't go. We don't go, yeah. right? But these appearances just kept on happening, kept on happening. And then I meet somebody else at Albion Mall at a pizza pizza, right? A couple years later, and invites me out to church, and I get saved, and I go to church. But these things, man, like these little, those little things, those little seeds, that that, that little bit of water, mm-hmm. it it eventually. It sparked in my life. Eventually, it grew in my life. So, you know, if you're, if you're out here as a Christian and you're thinking that, yo, yo my, it doesn't matter, man. I could skip this. I don't need to go outreach. And I don't need a witness. I don't need to be this person. No, you're wrong, man, because there are people that you're going to impact, right, that you don't even know that, 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 that you impacted or that you're going to impact, right? But just stay faithful, right? Because at, at the end of the day, Right when we're when when you're looking around in heaven, <laughs> yep, and yep. you have people coming up to you like, "Yo, fam, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you," it's gonna make it all the more sweeter. Yeah, beautiful thing right there. Yeah. Now, okay, so you're in church and you're you're excited. You have this zeal. You have this passion, right? And when you once were in the in the streets doing bad stuff, now you're in the streets. Now you're witnessing. Now mm-hmm. you're evangelizing. Yes. How exciting is that? that you can go to these neighborhoods, these places that where you were once like them, but now you're in God's kingdom and you're preaching the word of God. Mm. Uh, it's, that's amazing. I always think about that when I go to outreach and I'm thinking like, man, I'm giving a card speaking to people about Christ. I remember giving a, a paper with my number on it with a sample of drugs saying, call me, how much do you need? <laughs> if you bring someone, I give you extra. Don't worry. You will be the dealer. You're a businessman. <laughs> you know, that's what I used to tell them. Now, now I'm saying to them, like, you know, talking to people about Christ. And I use my testimony sometimes when it calls for it. Right. right? And people are like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, man, this is what Jesus did for me, man. And they're like, God bless you. And, you know, I give them the card, you know. And I felt so excited the other day. I actually met somebody and brought them here, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, so yeah, happy God that. used me. Remember yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. And that gave me the fuel to yeah, keep going, right? Yeah. It's exciting now, yes. you know, because I realize I'm doing something good, helping people to come to Christ, you know. And I'm just happy and humbled that God can use me, like how he can use anyone, yeah. no matter what you've been through or what you've done, right? That, that, that's what makes it more um, satisfying, too, mm. you know? Yeah. You know, the sweetest thing in Christianity will always be the joy that you feel when you see somebody walk into church. Yes. Someone walk into church and get saved. That will always be the most joyful thing you see in Christianity, in church. It all, till this day, man, it always puts a smile on my face. Like, my day could be completely shot. Like, mm-hmm. I could get my leg cut off. Yeah. Right? But if I see somebody come and get saved, Right and like like and they're tr- like truly truly right experience Christ. It just it just does something in me. 
Amen. Uh, Amen. If you think about it, the Bible says that there's angels in heaven worshiping God, right? But when a person gets saved, the whole of heaven rejoices. Powerful. You know, Powerful. The, everybody in heaven rejoices yeah. over mm -hmm. one soul getting saved. Mm -hmm. But yet there's one, there's angels in heaven worshiping God. So you're seeing the effect of just one yes. normal soul getting yes. saved. Yes. It's powerful to think that yeah. heaven is rejoicing over one soul. Yeah. I know, right? And that's the great commission to go forth into this world and make disciples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Very true. Yeah. yeah. Your testimony today? Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. It's going to affect somebody down oh, the road. Yeah. Definitely. This is everlasting, bro. Definitely. Everlasting. Definitely. And I'm encouraged by that to keep going because yeah. I know, right? Because at first I was, wasn't really like trying to be open, you know? Yeah. But the Lord broke me out of that shell because yeah. I know I can help someone, you know? Yeah. For, for God to get all the glory and for souls to be saved. Yeah. I'm all for that. Wow. Yeah, shame the devil, bro. You we're know shaming what? The devil we're right shaming now. the devil because I know what he did right in now. my life, right? Exactly. Yeah. Glorifying God now. Amen. This has been wonderful, man. This has been wonderful. I wish that we could we could continue. We could go for hours on end, right? But you know, we have to we have to cut it short. We have to cut it short here. But nah, man, this is great. I think Randy, we need to have you back still. I think we need Definitely. a part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know I'm we could do, we could link. We could link. Yeah. We could link the episode with what we're gonna, he's going to be interviewed on church on Sunday, right? So we could link those two episodes. Somehow, some way, you could check out the church app, check out our YouTube, you know? Right. Proclaim Church. Right. You'll get the I'm link. All. This would be a good season. Like I said, I'm testimony. a fan, right? I'm yeah. a fan, so I'm all for that. I yeah, love let's this. do it, man. Let's I do it. This. Let's do it. You know what? Good. This has been great. Uh, this is a perfect, perfect place for us to end off. Randy, thank you for coming and sharing your testimony. You know, very, very powerful. Thanks for allowing us, you know, to ask you those questions. Oh, no and, problem. Glory you know, be to God. Glory be to God, man. Yeah. Your, your responses, your answers to them were amazing. And I really, I really believe that people are going to listen to this and they're going to be edified by your testimony. And people that are looking to live, uh, you know, a life that's contrary to the word of God, they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, wow, man, I need to shape up, man. Yeah. I need to shape up. Yeah. Right. But, you know, this is the Genesis podcast. Our boy Randy came on the set and he killed it. <laughs> and we signing out. Jason here. Desi here. Colin. Mello. All right, guys. We out.